Welcome everyone to episode 10. In the beginning of this episode, we're going to talk about Capitol Hill Day. Capitol Hill Day is the initiative from FASIV that incorporates researchers to meet with politicians to discuss efforts being done for research policy to promote the continuation of funding for all of these efforts. I was able to be included in the program and be able to be involved in the meetings that were happening between politicians and us researchers. We also got to travel to Philadelphia for the last experimental biology meeting. I have to say personally, experimental biology was one of the first meetings I attended. It allowed me the opportunity to understand how to network, how to show my science while also having fun with other people, having personal connections with other researchers that were doing similar things to what I wanted to do, to grow my network, to be able to actually show what I've been doing productivity-wise. But importantly, it showed me that I was able to be a part of something, part of experimental biology and also a part of the American Society of Investigative Pathology. This meeting showcases many different societies and to many of us was a game. This experimental biology allowed us all co-hosts of Behind Our Science to meet in person. We had a lot of fun showcasing our research, networking with everyone, getting to know a lot of people. We also got a chance to show all of you what we're up to and what we want to take the podcast in the following months. We are able to rekindle with old friends, meet new friends, eat, drink, have fun. And also to me, it was important because I was able to bring a trainee of mine. I was also able to ask Dr. Bill Coleman a couple of questions about experimental biology. Why is it important to come to this meeting? And here's a small segment of that. All right, so I'm here with um, Dr. Bill Coleman, the executive director of the ASIP. So Bill, big question. So this is the last experimental biology. Yes. What should a trainee get out of this meeting? Yeah, this, this meeting has a lot of opportunities for trainees, just like we always have had over the 29 years of the meeting. A lot of educational sessions, a lot of career development sessions. Of course, we have tons and tons of uh, scientific sessions that are very good. And then there's immense opportunities for networking uh, every night of the meeting so that the trainees can meet both their peers as well as others in the field, leaders in the society, as well as leaders in pathology research. And then, so people are really expecting networking. They are always wanting to do more. They are wa always wanting to um, like interact with people. Any advice for like new members, people that are new? Sure, what sure. do you do? Yeah, so I, I think all of our trainees need to recognize that, that everybody in our society is very approachable. Um, and so the leadership is approachable, the staff is approachable, and we're all willing to help and to introduce trainees to people that they need to meet maybe their next um, for their next position or where they might be interested in going to do a postdoc or even a job um, and so we have a lot of opportunities for that and so trainees should call on both their peers as well as their preceptors as well as others in the society and just ask for help yeah. and we'll connect that's great thanks well
Um, my goal is to find somebody to edit my R1. I'm looking forward to networking and meeting I'm Alex Adam. Hi, I'm Suhan Lu. And we're a we fan, fan of, of Behind Your Sign. We're giving out awards, um, which is, and everybody gets an award. Not everybody gets an award, but you, you all got awards when you played soccer. It ended in the end. Now you have to earn them. Um, so uh, I'm happy you're all here. I hope you're as happy as I am that we're all together in the same place. We can actually talk to people and see them. And, and ask them questions in person rather than on social media. Some of us might not know because we're not on the receiving end of that. But that is very important to the next generation of trainees that we want to engage in, in our organization. Um, another very popular and successful initiative has been the virtual hangouts, again, initiated by these three very active trainees. And I heard. Hello. Hi. <laughs>
Hi Chelsea, what was your highlight of EB? My highlight of EB was joining ASIP and meeting all of our wonderful members this year. We're in the exhibit hall. So many amazing posters. Hey guys, what are you loving about EB? The posters, the swag, especially the people though. The people are amazing. I think the best part of the meeting was getting to see everyone that I met for the last two and a half years on Zoom in person and seeing that they truly are who they've shown themselves to be when we were meeting virtually. In addition to being able to give a talk in person again, that's something that I truly miss because the questions seem a little bit more personable, you know, people aren't as distracted, you know, you have their undivided attention. So that was something that I really appreciated. I think it was great meeting so many um, students and professors. I think there were some really interesting and inspirational uh, research subjects from some students. So it was like great uh, getting to hear from all of them. So, yeah. A lot of people and a lot of different ideas. Oh, it has been a fantastic um, uh, trade show. Uh, we have got lots of new leads, lots of customers being interested in our whole set analysis portfolio, which includes the seahorse, the intelligence, and also the biotech readers. Uh, we have a new seahorse instrument as well called the XM Pro. So go seahorseians. So my, the highlight for me really is the fact that the program is so broad. So I'll be going from a talk on enzymes to a talk on epigenetics and it's never boring, so I've had a great time. The aftermath of EB. Everyone's posters. Very apocalyptic. Alright, welcome back everyone. Uh, thanks for joining us for episode 10. Uh, we are very happy to be here. Um, how are you guys? I'm good. I'm excited. Yeah, it's good to be back again. It feels like it's been a while and it's great to catch up with you all. Yeah, it's it's exciting after seeing each other in person at EB, um, but it's been a while. So we have been um, diligent about what we're going to present to you guys. And one of the most important initiatives, and we talked about it a little bit in that uh, previous clip, was uh, Capitol Hill. So we've been, this is the second year, I think, that we've been somehow involved in Capitol Hill. This year, we've had the pleasure to actually um, be in the actual interviews and the interactions. And I'll share a little bit about how that works, because um, they basically give you a schedule. You're supposed to be at a specific time. This time it was virtual. I was hoping that they would have like a like an in-person, but hopefully in the next few years, maybe Vic, Daisy, or one of us will probably go. But it's a great initiative to actually understand how the process works. It, it, it is simple to actually think of, of asking the NIH to get more money and how does that work? Um, but um, the, the real thought behind it and how, how it plays out, it's even trickier. You have to have your statistics. People are really well prepared. I was really excited because most of the people that I, that I got to, to be uh, with, uh, it was actually Dr. Melanie Scott who's also part of ASAP, part of my department, and she's really big on, on research policy, and also someone else from Pitt as well. Um, so they, 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 they split you up in between the different um, districts that you're representing, and then you meet with different um, congressmen, uh, congresswomen, as well as the representatives. And it was great. I think it was a great idea for, for me to be in it because I'm as I am being more involved 
in the Research Policy and Science Committee. Um, I think it, it makes a difference in how we're advocating, not just doing the science, but also like being behind it. I know that you guys are also somehow involved in some of these committees. Um, and um, Capitol Hill also, like, again, gives um, like a good exposure to all of this. Um, but um, it is important to get back. And it's important to be involved in all of these things. Um, how, how do you guys feel about this, like, initiatives? How, how does FASA interplaying this between, like, researchers being involved, not just having administrative people just go through, like, this this process overall? Yeah, yeah that's really exciting. Sorry. <laughs> there yeah, you go. Go, go back. Um, I think it it makes it easier for scientists to understand the complications that come with policy change because it's so it it's easy for us to complain and be like, oh, they should just know that we need more money for translational research. But if the general audience doesn't understand what translational research is, then they're not going to put taxpayer dollars to it, which I think sounds right like we all want to know where our money goes and this is our way as scientists and as like science advocates to be able to get money to the right locations which is to research for us i mean yeah i completely agree um i think it's really important to be super transparent about um where the taxpayers money is going um in terms of what sort of research is being funded and how important that research is and that's where all the statistics come into play because a lot of the diseases we're studying are actually some of the leading causes of uh, blindness in my case or um, other other sort of systemic conditions that you guys study as well so I think that um, if that message is honed in on then people can appreciate that we are contributing a lot to improving society's health and into the future as well. And and also just even fundamental basic research is crucial. And that's also something important to um, emphasize that even if it's not directly leading to a translational drug, um, these, these discoveries are actually really impactful into the future and they can um, benefit society in numerous ways um, that we haven't foreseen yet uh, because they're just kind of teasing out the underlying mechanisms of biology and that can have leaps and bounds of benefits into the future. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because basic science is the building blocks and it often gets overlooked. So that is a really important point. I think the NIH is also very aware of this and what they are trying to structure is as as we build upon um, like bench the bedside, the idea is to actually have more collaborations between all of these um, different um, building blocks of research. So the idea of having translational um, people with only uniquely basic science people that work in the like in the nitty gritty of this molecular mechanisms is, is also impactful on the amount of money that we can get because if the mechanisms are solved and the people that are able to take it to the be- uh, bedside are able to do so, then the money will come in because it makes an effort to actually bri- um, build those bridges in between. And on to the um, exciting portion of our episode, which is a vlog of our experiences at Experimental Biology, um, which was actually the final Experimental Biology or EB ever. So it was quite, kind of a bittersweet moment for all of us, especially for some of us who this was our first ever EB, which was mine. 
um, and and Vix. So yeah, I think this guy. Yeah, you, you, this was your first EP. First yeah. and last. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So it was sad. Um, it was sad that yeah, it's not going to happen anymore. But um, we're excited for other meetings to come. Um, but it was just nice to see all these different societies come together. And I think the really exciting thing was that we got to meet all these people in person that we had interacted with so much over the virtual space, um, especially throughout the pandemic, because that's when I got really more heavily involved in a lot of the ACIP activities. Uh, and we started the Behind Our Science podcast, finally got to meet Vic and Roberto in person. So that was super exciting. and. Um, yeah, the vlog showcases a lot of the fun moments because it was a really fun interactive conference, lots of exciting science um, and, and also really importantly, great career development workshops um, and even a really awesome session on imposter syndrome, which I really enjoyed. That was so fantastic. And I think I think that was a packed crowd with so many people standing up in that room. Yeah, um, I was on the hallway on the side. I didn't even... <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that was really fun how did you guys find eb i mean i i thought it was fascinating i I've, I've gone to prior to the pandemic i had gone to conferences that were focused on liver research since that's what my doctoral research was on but having this widespread topic i thought would be overwhelming but it was fascinating i was able to access research that i normally don't get to access and i get to meet the researchers conducting that research itself so that was one of the coolest parts of EB for me. Yeah, to me, it was, um, so, I mean, this is, this was not my first EB. I think my first one was in San Diego. I got to know EB from my previous mentor back at the University of New Mexico. He introduced me to it. He was not a part of it. And mm -hmm. I actually am very thankful because after that, I actually met Dr. Monty Willis, who I became postdoc in his lab based on that and that that started a bunch of things that I, I i think um drove my career to a very different direction so eb is overwhelming the first time that i was there i was not sure what to do i met a lot of people but i, mm -hmm. I think one of the best things that i found was like a sense of like family like I, I belonged they made me feel like i was like there and um and they knew my name the second time that i was there was um i can't, I can't remember where it was but it was also like uh, a very different one so from the first time so i i, I did have like mixed feelings about um losing eb but now mm -hmm. the next the next um the next um uh, meeting which is going to be in utah is just going to be like a, a new a new area for everyone and i think it'll grow into its own little thing but it is it is a hard thing to actually miss it because i believe people really enjoyed having other sessions from the American Anatomist Association, American Physiology Society, when there was nothing that you actually really found appealing, you could have gone to like other other sessions that were like equally interesting. So mm -hmm. I, I think it was it was something that had to be done, like it had to end at some point, but it was nice for for, for the meantime. Yeah, no, that is true. The access to other societies was was also really important. Um, I, th I think what I took the most out of EB, though, was how welcoming at least ASIP was. So I could bring my full self to my research presentation, like oral or poster, and it was a welcoming environment within the society. And I'll talk 
all the wonderful things of ACE at any time because they have been such a training forward and supportive group. But I think that 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 welcoming experience or inclusive experience isn't commonly felt by trainees. So I that's what I took the most out of EB, and I hope to find it again at future meetings that I attend. What did y'all take, or what would you say you take out of EB to hope to find again? Yeah, I I completely agree with that. I feel so welcome, and I'm you guys hit all the right words with belonging and uh, feeling welcome because. I do think that ASIP really makes us feel uh, like a family, and that was mentioned actually in uh, the sessions. Uh, how ASIP always kind of incorporates a lot of that inclusivity and just makes us feel like they know our names and who we are and stuff like that. And I, yeah, I really, really like that. And um, and everyone is like, no matter what level of uh, career uh, you're at. Uh, career stage you're at, they're they're always welcome, um, welcoming, kind of coming up to you to your poster. Uh, senior PIs are coming up to me, uh, asking questions uh, and really being interested in my poster. Uh, so I, I really like that, and um, I think uh, they they're just super supportive of trainees, as Vic mentioned. And I think that's one amazing aspect of being part of ASIP is like I believe that it has really significantly helped me advance in my career development just being part of ASIP and learning all these skills um, and getting engaged because they're always looking to um, get trainees involved in committees whereas uh, there are some societies that they typically have more senior members of their society as part of the committees uh, whereas you can pretty much uh, start as a trainee and get involved in a committee. So I really like that. And they're super supportive of um, all our new ideas. If we want, we have a proposal for a career development workshop, they'll take that on board and they'll run yeah. with it. And and our ASIP training hangouts, for example, like it, it was so great to have that started in the pandemic because it brought everyone together and it was a, a means for us to sort of um, you know, engage and just make sure that we weren't going too crazy during the pandemic because we could all sort of talk to each other and um, kind of share all our experiences. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that's that's on point. That's that's exactly what EB gives us, and I think the the approachability of the people is is on point. I've actually um, when I was submitting a K ninety nine, I didn't know that I needed letters of support besides the normal letters of support. So I think I asked Jonathan Holmeister, Cecilia Yates, and Gregory Sangales the same day. I asked them the same day, I need a letter. They all replied. So um, that, that tells a lot about how they, they interact with the trainees. They didn't know me that well. Like, I mean, I've grown into the society as a trainee from coming as like a master's degree student um, to like a postdoc and then now faculty. So I've seen the whole the whole realm of things that you can actually get out of um, all these folks. And I think it's it's something that it's, it's difficult to grasp because I'm part of other societies as well. And I don't see it as easily. So it'll be missed, but I think it'll evolve into something very different, um, but equally exciting and supportive. So we're, we're pretty, pretty excited about those things. So um, guys, enjoy the rest of the episode. We have a couple of blogs. Uh, Vic has some highlights. Mm-hmm. from the histochemical society there's also some announcements of grants uh, coming up from the uh, as well as from the 
Histochemical Society. And we have a couple of exciting episodes in the next couple following months. So um, stay tuned. We have a very exciting webinar coming up um, that is sponsored by the Histochemical Society, ASIP, and ASMB. Uh, and it will be called Career Options in Science, Industry versus Academia. It will be on Wednesday, July 27th at noon Eastern Standard Time. So please register, head to the website, the Histochemical Society website, um, and you'll be able to find the link to register. So uh, it will be a 90-minute long webinar. Vic and I are actually moderating this. So please bring any of your questions that you'd like answered. Um, regarding any thoughts about considering uh, becoming an industry scientist and what are the pros and cons between working in academia uh, versus industry and taking that leap to that next step. And we have some fantastic panelists. We've got Robin Lorenz, Morgan Preziosi, Paul Goodwin and Andrew Leask. Um, so please uh, register and we'll see you in that webinar. Oh, hey there, I'm Zhou Yuliu, an undergraduate student working with Dr. Roberto Moda and Dr. Matthew Neal in the Department of Surgery here at the University of Pittsburgh School of Medicine. On July 20th at noon, I'll be giving a talk as part of the ASIP Young Investigator Keynote Seminar Series on knockdown of HMGB1, decreased hypoglycemia, and increased glucose sensitivity in type 2 diabetes. We will be honored to have you joining the meetings and we look forward to hearing your thoughts and your comments. I'll see you there. Bye for now.